0: on this episode of Comedy Rewind. Where does 2007's Hot Rod rank amongst the movies to come out of Saturday Night Live? Now that Andy Samberg's a big star, did this movie get judged a little harshly? Has a John Farnham song ever been used so well in a comedy? All of this and more on Comedy Rewind. 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 Push rewind. I thought this was a comedy show. What's going on guys? Welcome back to Comedy Rewind. We are powered by Audio Technica and Manscaped. As we rewatch the great comedies of the nineteen nineties and two thousands. I'm your host, John Peck, and joining me is a dude who very much likes to party. It's Mario Picardio. That's me. Mario Not Bros. How you doing?
1: I'm doing great. I appreciate the early references to the movie. That's it's, they're starting they're starting quick and I and I love it.
0: Oh, you gotta. You gotta do you it. Gotta. Especially a movie like this that's so quotable. Um, it's it, it's a few musical sequences but other than that it's almost just quotes like <laughs> it really but, is uh, <laughs>
1: that's basically the whole movie the skeleton yeah. of the movie is like synth music and then a bunch of quotes in me yeah. so that's it it's great
0: and it, it works for the most part it does but, um, i'm
1: i'm doing good to answer your question how are you Jonah?
0: yeah 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 i'm good i'm good i mean i'm, I'm happy to To have some young blood on the podcast because, you Mm. know, up, up until the last few weeks, it's been all 90s movies, which has kind of set my, you know, my limits for who can be a guest because people... Like, what year were you born, Mario? 1998. Yeah, so I mean, you were two when Y2K was happening. So, I sure was. Or Remember one and a half. Remember it like it was yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean, not that you couldn't talk about '90s things. I could, I could talk about '80s things, despite being born in '87. But you know, having uh, having the 2000s wide open means that I'm wide open to some younger perspectives and that's why it's really cool to have you you're probably the youngest person I know in the world <laughs> oh
1: wow look at that <laughs> what an honor
0: <laughs> I know I, I, when I met you you were like 17 right yeah I, in, in I think I was. 2017 so that,
1: 2017 when we met I was 19
0: you were yeah sorry I, I, I thought was you were. yeah that makes sense but I, I just remember that you weren't allowed to drink but the drinking age over in the U.S. is exactly and but over here that's 18, what messes you up yeah 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 Fun All fact, I,
1: I moved from Venezuela when I was 17, so I was a year away from being able to drink over there, and then I moved here, and I just had to wait four more years to be able to legally drink,
0: which is fun. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sure the benefits outweigh the negatives. <laughs> at,
1: the, at the end of the day, other than that one bad thing, everything else was pretty good.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, we're talking about Hot Rod, if that wasn't clear enough from the title of this episode. But Mario, this was a movie that you uh, pegged as, you know, one of the ones you could uh, ramble on about as we podcast together. What, what is it about Hot Rod that makes it something that uh, comes to mind when you think of the 2000s and comedy? I mean,
1: it I, a big thing that, like, really hit home to me that I I guess I hadn't quite realized that was a big part of 2000s humor and, you know, the Lonely Island in, in general and that mm. kind of era of SNL is sort of the repetitive humor the um doing a, this a, a same bit or like extending a bit just a little bit too long and that's what yeah. that's what creates the comedy that's that's very much so a 2000s era kind of thing and, and a lonely yeah. island kind of thing you know a- Andy Samberg was kind of like big on on that sort of comedy and that i i guess at the time i didn't realize how how much of a staple of the decade
0: it was going to end up being Mm. now that's a good point it, it is a very 2000s thing and we'll we'll get to like the 2000s a bit later but I, I i remember also like family guy obviously being a really big part of this decade and that was something they did a lot it's that thing where like yeah. something's funny and then it keeps going and it's like oh they're, they're still going and it's not as funny and then it, if it goes long enough it goes it around f- funny again and you think of like peter griffin holding onto his knee or the chicken, like the chicken fights that go for like way too long, um, on Family Guy, and that's like a, a good example of uh, some of the humor that they've tapped into. This, especially, like the scene where he's just like rolling down the hill. It's
1: great. It's so funny. <laughs> it's very similar to to again going back to Andy Samberg and The Lonely Island and, and Lorne Michaels that era of SNL, the mm. the like now you know famous skit of SNL of Dear
0: Sister, the the shooting. Yeah, yeah that's that's like the oc um parody basically exactly yeah
1: Yeah. and it's in that is the comedy that strives on it's it's just repeating the same thing over and over and over again to the point where it becomes it becomes so ridiculous that what you're watching is this that it becomes funny that's Mm. that's the kind of comedy that this movie or at least one of the aspects of comedy that this movie strives on
0: yeah now that's well said um so it's a 2007 I guess, sports comedy, in a way. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's funny you mentioned SNL. Well, it's not funny. It's it's pretty obvious. But uh, it was originally written by Pam Brady, a writer on SNL, I think, for Will Ferrell, who mm-hmm. was meant to be, like, the star. And it just didn't get made for whatever reason. And they had to bring in the Lonely Island crew to, to rewrite it. Because... Uh, Andy Samberg was obviously the star on SNL and his his friends in Learn the Island were writers over there. They were there. writers, yeah. Yeah, so that they worked on it together to make it feel less like a Will Ferrell impersonation and more of their offbeat their own humor.
1: Yeah, and it's uh it, if I, if I remember correctly, this is the first of the Lonely Island movies, right? They've they've done a lot of movies and TV shows since, but I think that's uh,
0: Yeah, so there was this, there was the pop star one, like Never Stop Never right. Stopping. That w- that think, was more whatever, recent. Yeah, well, that's that a great was, movie. That Absolutely. was like 9 years later. I think that was yeah. 2016. Yeah. And then it, yeah, and then they did like the Netflix one about the Bash Brothers, which I'm not like a baseball guy, so I didn't really understand it. <laughs> fair. Did you see that one?
1: <laughs> I did, and as yeah. a baseball person, even though I didn't live that era understanding what happened in that era, it's just it's just great. And obviously, I mean, mm. Lonely Island being such a like a a, a music music video comedy mm. trio, it's it, they're just very unique and and it also has an era of Andy Samberg where he doesn't really do this kind of comedy anymore where a lot of it is is very slapstick and very uh he does a lot of face movements like his face is very, very animated. And that's how yeah. he used to be a lot of the times on SNL. Now, if you watch like his like modern stuff like Brooklyn Nine-Nine, his brand of comedy is a little bit different than that. But it's 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 fun to go back to where Andy Samberg was was really kind of like the 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 modern king of emotions.
0: Yeah, it's interesting you bring up like the facial animations because he, he mentioned in an interview like a bunch of influences on on this, whether it's like Jim Carrey in Ace Ventura, which seems really obvious when you think about it. He mentioned yeah. the Three Stooges, Steve Martin in The Jerk, Chris Farley, and like Billy Madison and those kinds of movies like about the village idiot. and And that's really what Rod is in this movie. He's kind of, you look at him and amongst his friends, he's meant to be cool but you can see like nothing he does works out and he's always screwing up and you know it it kind of comes around full circle in the end but there is this part of the movie where it's like maybe it's that repetition but also like the it's almost like they were ahead of the curve with memes because they were like it's like internet humor in a way where they're like dropping these things that could easily be like quoted and, and picked up and and kind of circulated
1: yeah, and it, and, it, and it still kind of stands the test of time in that way of you still see a lot of hot rod references and a lot of hot rod memes and, and, and quotes out there because you're right. It, it is kind of ahead of its time in that way where obviously, as we see in the movie in a couple of times, uh, when this movie came out, it was like not fully primitive, but not the Internet we have right now. Yeah, There's still yeah. it, it, an older Internet, a little bit of a less developed Internet, but... They still kind of understood the power of it to a to a degree and, and used it to a way that even though visually it doesn't age the best when they show a computer, uh, <laughs> the concept of it still stands pretty well.
0: For sure. Yep. And we'll definitely get more into that later on. Uh, I've just got a quote here from Sandberg about his performance before we, we move on. Mm. He said he was aiming for something that was bad, but you know that it's bad. <laughs> Um, That's great. And he said, there's a lot said about how this is the nerdy generation and it's internet driven. So I think that kind of lines up with what we were both saying. Yeah. Um, Mario, what were your personal memories or experiences with this movie? Do you remember the first time you saw it? So it's funny
1: because um, I had seen bits and pieces of it and I had like known of the movie for a long time and I had been a huge fan of Andy Samberg and, and like that era of SNL is probably one of my favorite era, eras of SNL that I grew up watching um, so I, I always loved him and I love that kind of, of humor but I actually never like fully sat down and watched the movie until maybe like a year or two ago mm. it was the first time that I sat down and watching it for the first time there were so many things that I kind of got retroactively of of gags that I had seen you know, kind of kind of, in pop culture. And I think my favorite part of it was seeing how how much it just still holds up and how Lonely Island it is as somebody who loves yeah. the Lonely Island, how how it's unabashedly the Lonely Island, and, and it's absolutely their brand.
0: Mm. Yeah, I don't think I had ever heard of the Lonely Island. I don't know if any of their, like, big songs had come out, like released as music like they obviously have been now or they maybe just hadn't made their way over to Australian shores but the first time I came across this movie it was I was living at uni and one of my friends Bads shout out to Bads was like you gotta check this thing out it's it's you know hilarious and it was specifically the scene with the um the guy his name in the movie is Richardson he's the mm. played by the Chester Tam like the Asian guy yeah. and it was all the, it was just that montage of him doing that stupid great. dance and throwing that's the flyers great. everywhere and he like it was just it became like a bit of a an in-joke with us to do that stupid dance um all the time for no reason because it's just so goofy and ridiculous so that's my experience like I remember it being that kind of movie that um if it was like, you know, a quiet night, nothing happening and hanging out with someone, just being like, oh, have you seen Hot Rod? No, well, check it out. And you just throw it on and, and watch it because it's it's um it's an easy watch and it's a, it's a short movie and it's yeah. just like, it's just good fun.
1: Yeah, it, it's a lot of fun. I mean, and the cast is like stacked.
0: Like when it- It really is, yeah. When
1: you look at it, for, for a movie that like didn't have the most insane budget at the time and it was like- mm. You know, not all of these people were as big as they are now. When when this movie was being made, the cast yeah. is so good. Like, and everybody is used really, really, really well. Even somebody like like Will Arnett, who has a a very short, you know, a, a part in the movie. Like, it's he's not in the movie for a long time, but his character is used so well. And you know, Will Arnett is very good at playing an asshole. He is and they make him play such an asshole and it's and it's perfect like it, it they really did use their their resources like almost to to a perfect
0: mm, yeah i agree because one of the things on rewatching was that i noticed was how little he's in the movie but like just thinking back about the film he'd be one of the first people that i would think of because of the scenes that he has he's always just so funny um, and you're right like the the cast a bunch of the these guys, especially I guess that the three of the main four people, Andy Sandberg, Bill hader and Danny McBride, like they've all led their own comedies since this. Yeah. And I'm not not sure that they would have even had starring roles before this one. Isla Fisher as well, she's had um kind of lead roles in comedies and uh, yeah i think as you mentioned 14 million dollars was the budget not a huge amount of money to throw around but they made it work Uh, it made sorry it was a 25 million dollar budget it made 14 million so it didn't Mm. do great um i've actually got the box office here for 2007 and it ranked 141 for the year (laughs) do you want to guess what the number one movie was that year
1: we're talking 2007 yeah Oh my god, 2007. I feel like... Isn't one of the early, early Marvel movies 2007?
0: It is a Marvel movie, but I don't think you'll guess the one that it is. Is it The Incredible Hulk? It's Spider-Man 3.
1: Spider-Man 3.
0: See, I I (laughs) went a
1: little bit ahead. I think Incredible Hulk might have been like 2009 or something. Yeah, yeah. Spider-Man 3. I saw Spider-Man 3 in theaters. So me too. I con- I contribute
0: to that. Yeah, me too. Uh, it made three hundred and thirty six million dollars, and the the highest grossing comedy that year was Wild Hogs. Uh, Wild with, Hogs. Wow. Do you know that
1: movie? I I can see the poster of that movie, but <laughs> I don't know if I've ever seen that movie.
0: It's uh, it's Tim Allen. It's uh, who else is in that movie? wow I'm just gonna quickly Google it. Yeah, I'm doing the same it's, thing. It's actually not it's not that, it looks like a class, like you look at the post screen. And you're like okay that's a boomer movie. <laughs> yeah. But it's yeah. um yeah uh, John, John Devolta, Travolta, William H Macy and Tim Allen. My god. Ray Liotta, Marisa Tomei. It's not that bad cuz my you know, it kind of is a movie for older people, I guess. My grandfather was really into it, like he mm. was into motorbikes and we watched it with him and he'd just laugh and laugh. So, like I enjoyed it for that reason, I guess. But it made 168 million. Knocked up bad. was was right behind it. So Knocked up is a good one. Um, Knocked up is a yeah, good one. We'll be covering that at some point on this podcast. There you go. Anyway, with that in mind, what do you think the Rotten Tomato score is sitting at for Hot Rod? Ooh, that's a
1: great question. I'm okay. I see I see Hot Rod in a similar way that I see something like Wet Hot American Summer, where mm. it didn't do I think. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't perform the best. It didn't it wasn't reviewed the best, but it's one of those cult classics that, you know, people like you used to like, you know, sh- you, you show it to your friends. Your friends have inside jokes. So I don't think it's it's Rotten Tomatoes is gonna be amazing. I don't think it's gonna be like in the nineties, but I also don't think it's gonna be super low. I'm, I'm going to say he's, it's going to be like, I'm going to say 71%.
0: Ooh, It's much, much, much lower. <laughs> See, man, there you go. 39%.
1: Oh my goodness. Okay.
0: Yeah, 30, 39% <laughs> of critics thought it was a good movie.
1: Well, going back to Wet Hot American Summer, I believe that also has a really low rating mm. on Rotten Tomatoes, and it's a cult cool classic at this point, and it kick-started a lot of people's careers, so they kind of have some i i think they were both ahead of their time i think that that that's a big thing that both of those movies have and why we we look back at them so fondly because it it, it's kind of humor has aged really well
0: yeah i I think it's one of those things where uh a lot of the snl movies don't do great like uh, night at the roxbury uh superstar in the late 90s i guess wayne's world was a was a hit i don't i think, think that's co-
1: one of the few yeah,
0: it's one of the exceptions i don't know i've never seen mcgruber but you know i don't think it would have set the box office on fire even if no. it's probably similar to this where it has its moments people really and, like it yeah yeah um but i i have a f- two i have two quotes here from critics that i think sum up the movie's pros and cons as well as kind of influences and and kind of how i think about it now that we look back the first one is from newsday and they said a charmless idiot a clumsy ripoff of jackass and one more time tiresome exercise in arrested adolescence add them up and you have hot rod
1: (laughs) all right (laughs) i do see the the jackass comparison i mean it it, it definitely like
0: Mm.
1: it doesn't try to be a jackass movie and it doesn't try to copy jackass but it has a lot of physical humor built in.
0: Yeah, like they've called it a clumsy ripoff. I don't think that's accurate. Um, right. I think it just takes
1: inspiration.
0: Yes, I think this is very much an era of, hey, seeing people get hurt is really funny. <laughs> and he gets hurt a lot in this movie. A lot. And it's really Did, funny.
1: Do you know <laughs> if if that's him or if there's a stunt double for him? Um,
0: I do know this. So... He did as many of the scenes as he could. For example, driving the bike into the swimming pool was actually Andy Sandberg. Nice. Because that's a pretty low-risk stunt. The opening stunt of the film where the dude uh, goes off the ramp Oof. and smacks into the van, which has impressive. always cracked me up. Great. Um, that was not him. And that mm-hmm. guy got really hurt doing that, apparently.
1: <laughs> <laughs> of course he did. Of yeah. course he did. That sounds yeah. about right.
0: Yeah, and like the, the line about the uh, exercise in Arrested adolescents, like that, like they've said that as a negative, but I think that's completely accurate. And one of the things that I like about the movie is it's yeah. just so dumb and stupid and reminds me of being a teenager and like the way that you would talk with your friends. I, I,
1: agree. I, I think that's one of the genius things about the movie that it's a teenage movie, but none of them are teenagers. And you kind of slowly start to realize that, like, at first you think they're all playing 17-year-olds and it's part of the joke that they don't look 17. And then you slowly realize that they're all overage and they can all drive and and buy alcohol. And they're just playing on that sort of nostalgia. Like, these are all adults that just act like (laughs) dumbass teenagers.
0: Yeah, his brother acts the most and looks the most like a teenager. Yes. But... Yeah, uh, Danny McBride definitely looks like he's I don't know thirty. He looks like he's a thirty-five-year-old <laughs> <Yeah>. man. <laughs> but yeah, like like you said, like I don't know about you, but I definitely did a bunch of this stupid kind of stuff with my friends, like filming us break things oh, and definitely. like okay. it was that whole like when Jackass was really big and like you know uh, yeah. <laughs> I've I'm heard not gonna myself go into on <laughs> camera before. <laughs> yeah. Let's just
1: say that. <laughs> yeah,
0: and it's it's fun. Um, the is- other quote that I had is from the Irish Times, and they said, Ooh. Sandberg has a stubborn charm that should win over even the most jaded veteran of post-Napoleon Dynamite comedy. And the, the thing that I liked about that quote was that as I was watching this movie, without having seen these two reviews, I thought this is reminding me of Jackass, and it's reminding me of Napoleon Dynamite. Oh. And it's because it's, it's not quite as awkward and um, offbeat as napoleon dynamite but it is still very much um focusing on like these random lines and responses to things that you wouldn't expect or, yeah. or, or like or, like for example the, the scene when he's talking about whiskey or whatever like there's so no good. there's no build-up to that it's there's just no setup said, it's just yeah, the
1: joke and the in... joke is
0: just he's saying something in a weird way and, and... i feel like to go there's things like that in Napoleon too
1: yeah Yeah. I agree to go to back to that scene one of the I think such clever things about about this movie is that it doesn't follow its own rules like sometimes the weird wacky out of left field jokes get like as soon as it's done the the characters pretend like it didn't happen and they never mention Mm. it again and sometimes they completely acknowledge the crazy events that went on and 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 make it a part of the story as if it's part of what happened and what in that whiskey scene I, I, a part of that makes me laugh is that right after he's done and they cut to the other shot, he tells everybody to unlock his wheels and he just says wheels regularly and there's no other like there's <laughs> no other thing, no other shot of his brother going, wait. He just says wheels normally after he's been on this entire like two minute tangent of saying everything like what? And it's so <laughs> fucking funny. It's so funny to me that just on a dime it switched and like nothing ever happened.
0: Yeah, I never picked up on that. <laughs> but that is funny. Uh, and it, like we've talked already and said, like there's so much visual humor and gags in this film. And I think that's another thing that Napoleon Dynamite. Uh, also, did really well just a few years earlier. But I mean, Lorne Michaels, who you know is the, the head honcho over at SNL, predicted that this would find a different audience in the future. I think that's really what happened. His quote yeah. was uh, Critics just don't like new comedians, and they certainly don't like them if they come from SNL or TV. Later on, they revise their opinions and say that so and so's later films aren't as good as the first ones. I think the picture will be thought of differently in two years, you know, and you know, I think. With uh, you know, Brooklyn Nine Nine being almost a like conventional sitcom, and him being so good in that, and that show like being written so well, I think a lot of people would have come around on Sandberg, and he's probably, you know, with uh, with some of the the stuff that he's done in Hollywood, especially what we'll get to later with Palm Springs, I think that he's maybe becoming a bit more of a a critic's favorite as far Absolutely. as comedy. Yeah,
1: yeah, and and he's he's been the lead man for a lot of things. And he's also helped like create a lot of things that he's not the lead man on that. He's just, you know, like even though Palm Springs, he is the lead man. That's, that's more of a lonely Island production. And then there's that, that Netflix sketch comedy show. Um, I think you should leave that, you know, nobody, I I think the lonely Island is in one sketch of that, but that's a lonely Island production. Like they're the guys behind all that. And you start seeing, seeing kind of, like, the, the comedic reach go beyond, you know, just a starring role.
0: Yeah, I, I knew Tim Robinson, who was uh, only at SNL for, like, a year, was the main main yeah. writer for that. I'm just looking at that. I mean, I'm not going to say you're wrong, but I can't see Lonely Island's names popping up next to it. But it, yeah. If
1: I remember correctly, it's part of, like, the – because now I think Lonely Island Productions is, like, a, an actual production company, so I think they're the the producers on it. I don't right. think I don't I don't yeah, think yeah, they're lead writers sense. on it. They're more like producers on it.
0: Sure. Okay. Um, we'll move on to the number one song when Hot Rod released. Do you have any guesses what it might have been in you know, oh uh oh July 2007. of two thousand seven. Two thousand seven.
1: Okay. Okay. <laughs> Can I get any sort of hint?
0: Um, it's a band. And it's a, it's, a, it's a song that I think would have been very popular. And if people went to see them, they would have been surprised that it wasn't their typical kind of style.
1: Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm drawing a blank, but
0: I'm very okay. interested. <laughs> so it's uh, Hey There, Delilah by the Plain Wow, Nuctees.
1: That makes sense. Okay. Yeah.
0: Because that's a very folksy kind of ballad. Yeah. They're an emo band, like a a rock band. If you, (laughs) I've I've seen them at a at a festival before. I was like, this is not like hey, this is not what I thought it was gonna (laughs) be. Uh, But um, in in Australia, the movie released you know a month or so later, and our number one song at the time was "Beautiful Girls" by Sean Kingston, which was up there for a few weeks, I think, in the US as well. What have you done for me lately? Andy Sandberg, we've mentioned Brooklyn Nine-Nine, we've mentioned Palm Springs, really great movie. If you're in Australia, you can check it out on Amazon Prime. I'm not sure, it might be Hulu in the US.
1: Yes, it is Hulu in the
0: US. He's working on a Chippendale Rescue Rangers movie, which is meant to be coming out, I think, next year. Are you too young to know Chippendale Rescue Rangers? No,
1: I love Chippendale. Like I like they growing up. Like when I used to go to like Disney World on like a vacation and stuff, yeah. they were always my favorite
0: characters. That's cool. Very cool. I'm looking forward to what that is going to look like. I wonder if it's going to be like traditionally animated or like the more live the Pixar action yeah. thing. Yeah. Right. Mm. anyway um I'm not exactly sure how you pronounce his name Jorma Taconi, I think yeah is...
1: I think I think it's either Jorma or yorma. I mean, yorma, yorma yeah
0: let's go with yorma that sounds sure that sounds, sounds good great. um anyway he plays uh, obviously the, the brother Kevin in this film he's probably this probably the second lead role I guess yeah. Uh, he was in American Pickle, the Seth Rogen movie, last year. Mm. And he's mostly known for his writing as part of the Lonely Island, I'd say. Yeah. Bob, uh, not Bob, Bill Hader. <laughs> Bob uh, Hader. Yeah, Bill Hader, Bob's Burgers. That's the most recent thing that he's done. And a bit of a sad year 2020 for Bill Hader fans because he, he didn't have any movies come out. But, you know, yeah. he's he's the Bob Bob's Burgers and a bit of... Uh, voice work here and there Isla Fisher okay. uh, you might have seen her in Curb Your Enthusiasm in the most recent season which I still have to check out but oh, I don't me have, I'm I don't have access to HBO but um, I- I'm keen to see that uh, *Godmothered* on Disney Plus which I think was I don't know if it was meant to be like a Christmas movie or not but it came out in December so you might have seen her very recently as mm. one of the leads in that Danny McBride who I absolutely love, a huge fan of Eastbound and Down. He did a TV show called The Righteous Gemstones, which I had didn't realize was a thing, but it's him and John Goodman, and that was, I think its last season was 2019. Have you seen that one, Mario?
1: I haven't. I I like was going to watch it on the lead-up to it, and I know people who have, so I know it's mm. a really, really well-done show, show. I love John Goodman and Danny McBride, so I really want to check that one
0: out. Yeah, cool. Uh, Ian McShane, who plays Hot Rod's father, the um, you know, the the plot device, Frank, Legend, Frank. Uh, he is in the John Wick Hex video game doing a, a voice role. He's also yeah. been in American Gods for a few years, right. apparently. Yeah,
1: he does John Wick in general. He's a, one of the biggest characters in the John Wick universe.
0: Oh, uh, cool. Cool, cool. Uh, and then lastly, Will Arnett. Uh, it, it, uh, I want to talk about him for a little bit because he's so good. He's mostly done voice acting lately, like BoJack Horseman. Obviously, I, right. I love that sh- show. Lego Batman's been a big thing, and there's another Batman movie coming out in the next like year or so yeah. that he's made the lead in. I'm just surprised that he hasn't, to my knowledge, had any lead roles in like Hollywood movies. He it's right, just, it's like a it's like a TV actor or like a supporting guy. Like he's the the bad guy in this he's the bad guy in uh blades of glory i think yes and i'm just like yeah he he plays a a villain really well but he's also like i think he's he'd be really good in a lead like uh, in some kind of rom-com or something because yeah i don't know if you saw the tv series flaked on netflix so he's playing i remember
1: when that came out yeah yeah
0: like he was playing like an aa like recovering addict and it was set in, I think, uh, Venice Beach. And it was ve- it's a very Venice Beach series because he just walks around the shops and, and streets all the time. And it, it, it was a kind of a dark comedy, but he was so good in it. And I, it just made me think like, yeah, I, w- I want to see him get more opportunities like that. Maybe he doesn't want to do that kind of thing. but um, It could
1: be. I mean, he, he was like, it's an ensemble cast, but he was one of the biggest characters in in Arrested Development for a while Mm -hmm. and that's still technically going on even though people don't love it as much and whatever but yeah I don't I can't think of like a Will Arnett movie you know I guess Lego Batman would be the closest thing but that's animated
0: Mm. And I, I wonder if he's like typecast because Arrested Development and his character is like just so good and his performance is so specific right? that he's just, but he's just so funny. Like surely like, like he's as funny as anyone in this movie. Like
1: absolutely. Andy he's Sandberg
0: hilarious. is hilarious and he's very successful, but I, I, I wouldn't sit here and say that Andy Sandberg is funnier than Will Arnett because I, I just don't think that's true. He might have a bit more range. Uh, Will Arnett is, he's got a certain type of voice that makes him very good as a yeah. voice actor. Uh, and I actually I actually thought like if if you watched Big Mouth like for a long time I thought like the hormone monster was Will Arnett but it's it's not
1: <laughs> it's Nick Kroll um, who's another yeah. like phenomenal voice yeah. talent but that's a Absolutely. completely different kind of worm. I also want to give a, a quick shout out to Akiva Schaefer Sh- I think Shafir, I don't know who is the you know the third member of the Lonely Island and he is the director of this movie. Um, right. Usually. Yeah. Usually if he doesn't show up in projects most of the time if it's a lonely island project he's directing it and he usually has a couple of cameos here and there like in uh in Hot Rod he's uh Bill Hader's uh coworker that shows up that one time to give him shrooms. Uh yeah. <laughs> that's his that's his little cameo in there.
0: Was it shrooms? Was it uh LSD or something?
1: It was one of them. I don't remember yeah. what it was. It might have been LSD. You you might be right.
0: Yeah. It was it was some kind of there was
1: some, some
0: substance, <laughs> some mind altering substance. Yeah. Uh, there you go. Apparently that story is based on a true story. Um. Yes.
1: I've <laughs> actually seen Bill Hader give this interview that it was in like, right. it was like his roommate in college or something like that. Right.
0: Yeah. So like in that situation, the, the rod character was Bill Hader. So he was on the wrist, <laughs> like the, he was the straight man in that situation. Right. Where I don't know if the 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 true story part is like the metal sticking out of his head. I'm guessing that it was because that's kind of a, a very distinctive yeah. part of that scene. But uh, yeah, shout out to Bill Hader. I just watched Shut Trainwreck, up. and it's not a recent movie, but I thought I should mention it because he's he's so good in that. Bill Hader's so great.
1: He's so he great. But going back to that era of SNL, you know, like they were mm. so so good. Like both of them in, they defined that that era of SNL
0: yeah for sure okay mario we're in the categories now what is the most 2000s moment of hot rod
1: see that that's 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 a tough one because my mind goes to like what i was saying earlier the the sort of the repetitive humor that one scene of him like tumbling down for for a long 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 time or Mm -hmm. or Another one that randomly just felt very 2000s to me is the, the Cool Beans scene. Yeah. Where it's just like random music <laughs> music number that is just re- repetitive. And the same thing over and over again. And I love that that scene after the whole thing, they still repeats. All right, so Cool Beans? Cool Beans. Yeah. It's great. That's very 2000s to me. That That's 2000 humor.
0: Yeah, I think so too. It's if if you want to look at it and say like, would this happen in the '90s? No. Would yeah. it happen in the 2010s? Probably not. Like, it's it's almost too random to get away with it now. If you're making a movie in 2021, I don't think that scene would be there, at least in the way that it was. So yeah, in that aspect, it's very 2000s. Um, it's just quirky enough and just funny enough to work. Yeah. Uh, for me, yeah, I think that you're, you're onto that there with just like the the tone and randomness of, of the movie is very 2000s. As far as like references, there was a few that, I mean, the, the jackassness of the movie is very 2000s, but there's a few references mm. that I wanted to throw out there. Uh, he, he mentions the beach, like bouncing around like a beach ball at a Nickelback concert. Yeah. And I liked that because now if you make a joke about Nickelback, it's at their expense. Because right. they've become like the go-to, like overrated rock band that everyone loves to hate. In the '90s, it was Creed, and then it was—I guess it went from Creed. Maybe in the 2000s, it was Creed, and then it went to Nickelback, and now it's Imagine Dragons for whatever reason. Right. Um. So yeah, you wouldn't mention them unless it was at their expense. Now, so that that struck me as very 2000s. That's true. The other one was uh, Chris Parnell's character the the radio dj saying uh well i guess the fact that radio is even a thing in this movie yeah it's it's funny because like it's already being portrayed as this old-fashioned thing it's self-aware at least yeah yeah. and now it's like you wouldn't even bother because it's so far um, antiquated that like Kids wouldn't even understand what it of was. Course. I, think.
1: I, I I, at least appreciate that it's very self-aware about, you know, radio being a dying, like mm. a dying medium. I think one of the most clever jokes w- when it comes to that part of it is when uh, when the he's narrating something that he, Chris Parnell and he literally says, this is un- this is amazing. You really need to see it to believe it. And it's such <laughs> a great it's such a great line. Because yeah. it's such a good line. It's so funny.
0: It's funny, like, I don't know if it's a sign of the era or they were deliberately being, uh, as you say, like, self-aware. I think but, so. What, but but the, there's a line that he says when he's complaining about kids these days. And he says, it's more about FM radio and color TV. <laughs> <laughs> like, he doesn't even mention... The internet, which right. is uh, maybe in 2007 at that point, it's become the obvious thing. I, thi-
1: like- I think part of the joke is that this dude is so behind Yeah. that he had <laughs> that, that color TV as if that's a new thing is still yeah. exciting to him.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. It probably is that more than just that being a a, a moment in the 2000s. Right. Um, most iconic scene. You've already mentioned one of the ones that I want to talk about. And I'm interested in what you've got, but I had the Cool Beans situation because cool like Beans for is me, a good one. yeah, like when I think of Hot Rod, I think of Cool Beans, yeah, and it's like cool the Beans first image great. that comes to my mind. The a- one apparently, <laughs> apparently it got it was like cut from the movie, and then Andy Sandberg like did that remix basically and added it, and they added it back in. So that's what Which, saved it.
1: It's it 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 definitely works. Um to me the funniest scene in the entire movie and the most iconic if you were to ask me is the uh, the
0: riot scene. Mm. I think that was my second one. Yeah. The build up <laughs> to
1: that scene is is so good because it's really good at that random humor that sort of the millennial generation coined of just like mm-hmm. random things start happening and it keeps escalating to you know it's like this walking montage to 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 cool music and then you get the crowd behind him, and then you get people singing along, and then all hell breaks loose, and it, it it's such a good buildup. It, it for me, it's the most iconic, and it's also the funniest scene
0: in the entire movie. Yeah, there's a few things to unpack with that. Um, to start with, it's it's great because. Hot Rod as a character is looking around during the scene, going, What is happening? Like, he's confused. Yeah, it's it starts off like, Oh, this is kind of cool, like, there's people following me, and then he's just like, What is going on? <laughs> <laughs> and then the riot happens, and it is super random and funny. But then afterwards, similar to in Anchorman, when they have the channel for like that, the news team fight that we talked right. about in the last episode. And they're like, "Well, that, that escalated quickly. Uh, exactly. You should probably you should probably lay low for a while, Brick, because you killed a guy." Um, in this movie, they they're like, "Wow, like where did that come from?" <laughs>
1: right. It, it, it goes back to what I was saying that sometimes they don't acknowledge the previous bit at all, yeah. but this time they do, and it works so well. Where um, I don't remember who it is. I think Danny it's McBride's Bill Hader. character Danny McBride's character stealing the yeah. TV, but also Bill Hader going. That started off super positive, and it really went down real bad. And it's yeah. it's so funny.
0: <laughs> yeah, and and Danny McBride is like talking about like what's wrong with society and how people are just take advantage. <laughs> yeah. And he's like holding a, TV, holding a TV that TV. he's looted. <laughs> it's um, so good. But interestingly enough, it's it's lucky that I'm here because I'm an Australian and. This, like you said, the, the riot scene, the the note that I wrote down was you're the voice because that song, Mm. the voice by John Farnham is like an Australian Anthem. Like he's a, he's like our, um, I don't even know what's the equivalent. Like he's, he's a pop star, but he, he's like our, um, freaking Elvis Presley over here. Like uh it, it's he was an 80s he was huge in the 80s i don't i kind not like maybe he's our bruce springsteen like this is our born to run it's the song that plays at every like big event and like it's on the on the playlist to get every like it's the song that your parents will sing along to that the teenagers will sing along to mm. and it's so funny that it's in this movie to start with just I randomly think it, yeah, and I think the reason I read was because John Farnham had a song in the movie Rad, which was a BMX movie in the 80s. Nice. Called um, Break the Ice or something. And being like a movie about extreme sports, they must have watched it and been influenced by it. There's so many 80s references all through this movie with There is. The I mean, the
1: music. I think that <clears throat> the soundtrack ages so well because mm. they went instead of like going the route of like let's play what's what would be cool like extreme sports music now let's just go full 80 synth wave and like that's our soundtrack and it works so well because i think it kind of draws on (laughs) like the nostalgia of like you know a small town and growing up and doing crazy things with your with your friends so it just works somehow
0: yeah absolutely and that takes us into the next question what holds up the best and i the first thing i wrote down was the musical moments because as you say like even though this is set in 2007 it's almost like they've they've attempted to bring out like a earlier era where i don't think you see a phone for the whole like a mobile phone for the whole movie for example um you they are editing video on the computer, but aside from that, like, this could be an 80s movie. Yeah, and it, it really, it really be does different. keep
1: that vibe. I mean, everybody's riding around on, like, bicycles and it's, like, a small town and they go to, like, the town cinema. It, it, it definitely, like...
0: It feels like a, it does feel like Napoleon Dynamite in that sense where yeah this is a really small town and everyone yeah. knows each other yeah Yeah
1: and it, and it, and it definitely I think purposely kind of like gives those like 80s vibes where you I think in the same way that you don't really know for most of the movie what the age of the characters is I think for most of the movie you don't really know where it takes place Mm. until like maybe later on when you start seeing like oh yeah they're editing things on the computer and they're using the internet but even then when he's recording he's using like a kind of like an older style camcorder
0: yeah yeah the um it was i'm trying to think because i did a bit of work on a camera like that in the, the 2000s and it definitely was like the last era of camcorders before we decided we could just do it all on our phones. Yeah. So that's... That, that. Like, going back, that's a very 2000s thing definitely. as well. But, yeah, like, ha- having those musical moments, having the 80s theme, like, even the daredevil side of it, like the evil Knievel, like it's not really references to evil Knievel because it's actually pretty overt it's it's more like they're just channeling that vibe right and uh it's that's that's even more of I guess an 80s or 70s kind of thing so in, in that sense along with the music and even like they brought in queens of the stone age to play the, the band at the end so of good. the movie and they're essentially you know playing like a, an 80s hair metal or power what, what kind of a genre is that it's like a, a probably, synth wave Not,
1: yeah probably you, you could get away with power metal
0: probably yeah like it's europe and it's it's right. final countdown that kind of star yeah. whatever it's called apologies to the music fans out there who are <laughs> screaming at, at the at Sorry, their podcast. But yeah power ballads anyway there you go that um, works. i'll take yeah it. so 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 what did you have for what holds up the best
1: um other like I definitely wrote down like the 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 kind of comedy holds up holds up really well. Um, mm. I wrote down the music too, and and I, I I have I think my two biggest points is the music, which you already touched on. I think like going back to older music makes it stand up really well. But mm. as a concept, the Lonely Island s- stands up really really well because this is one of their first kind of showcases of their brand of humor and. Their melding of music and humor, and hmm. they're just kind of like off off the wall. This is a dumbass concept, and we're gonna make it stick. Brand of humor that has kept them going to like other movies and other TV shows, and 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 more relevance in SNL and in and, and bigger, crazier music videos. I think that them, the three of them, and their brand of comedy is what it's what's has stood up the best, and it's it hasn't been changed much really.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that that's a good point. And you know, I, I said musical moments. It was it's not just the one like the the two that we mentioned with the the band playing and the the John Farnham song. You've got like the fight dancing or the punch dancing or whatever it's called. It's right. a very much an obvious reference to like Footloose, where yeah. uh, uh, Kevin Bacon is like dancing around taking out his like frustrations. Um, <laughs> And yeah, I think that that's so intentional. And as you say, like with, with those guys being such a musical group of of comedians and writers, it, it makes sense that it, you know, if, if you're a Lonely Island fan, this is kind of like essential part of, of their story, I think. Totally. Yeah. And I don't know like what, like where it all fits in with like Lazy Sunday and some of these big things on SNL, like which came first, but it's all, it's all part of the story.
1: Yeah, it, it all kind of melds together.
0: Mm, mm. Um, what holds up the worst?
1: <sighs> that's, that's a tough one because I don't think many things are, like, super outdated. Other than, the, like, what I was saying, like, when you, like, physically see the computer. The, like, obviously things like that are going to, like, yeah. not date, not age the best. But that's not really the movie's fault. Yeah. Um, other, other honestly other than like the the obvious technological mishaps I can't really point out many things that don't hold up well mm.
0: no that's fair like it's if you if you're putting your critic hat on I guess you could say that there like the style of the movie isn't it's 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 dated in a sense like it's not the kind of thing you could release right now as it mm. is and still be successful it seems more like internet humor like it would work better as like a netflix series or something probably yeah uh but the only thing that i could think of for this was the riot scene which we've already said was you know one of the best scenes but i couldn't really watch it without thinking of like what's been happening in the u.s over the last 12
1: months yeah i think the riot scene doesn't hold up right now like in yeah, this like very in this specific moment, <laughs> moment that way it's almost like it's almost like if the riot scene had been like a like a pandemic scene like
0: yes yeah It
1: on any other year it would be totally fine but in this one specific moment in time it just doesn't hold up the best
0: yeah like the it's 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 funny you know they're rioting okay that's random and then the cops show up and start like hitting people and you're like and you're like oh god uh, no that hits close uh, to home yeah nope, that, nope. that's the thing that happens yeah, that happened, I mean, like, but... yeah, <laughs> like you know, this movie came out in two thousand seven. I can't remember exactly what was happening in the world. It was like the lead up to you know, it was still the Bush administration. It was probably the Iraq War protests, yeah, but I don't been recall been. people being attacked by the police in that kind of way that we've seen in the last twelve months. Yeah,
1: it's it's, it's unfortunate for the movie.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, it's it's a it's a it's a moment in time that we can say that, but um, sure it'll probably it'll hopefully pass and be a thing that we remember, but um, doesn't stir up the same emotions. Hopefully not, because hopefully we can progress as a society. Well, you would it's hope your so. it's your it's your country. Uh, I'm, I'm speaking on behalf of the world, I guess. But um, I appreciate that. <laughs> you would you
1: would sure hope that we we can do that, but that's
0: yeah. not a guarantee. Mario who would be the most offended if this movie came out now? And I couldn't really answer this. So I thought you being the younger, probably more woke of the two of more us, woke. you might be able to, <laughs> Honestly, to answer this one.
1: I was in the same boat, like as mm. you where like, I'm like, I, I was trying to, cause, cause you obviously sent me the questions ahead of time. And I, and I watched, i rewatched the movie last night to have it really fresh in my mind. Uh, and I was kind of trying to find something offensive. And I never do that because I'm i not that kind of person. I don't yeah. enjoy viewing media like that. But I thought it was an interesting question. I was trying to find something that would like be offensive now or would get a little bit of backlash now. The only thing I could kind of come up with is um, Isla Fisher, Fisher's character being almost exclusively a love interest. But even then, I think her character is still pretty cool. And I think they still flesh out her character to be kind of a part of the crew and more than just the love interest. So Mm. even then that's not like the strongest argument I can give it. Like there's movies that do a way worse job of having, you know, women being there slow, so solely to be a plot device.
0: Yeah, sure. Now that's a, that's a interesting one because the only thing that even tickled my brain for this question was when Danny McBride's character is like complaining about having a woman, in the crew but then even then it's still like they, they i can't remember exactly how they respond to him but they kind of shut him down as he's yeah. like the dated one
1: exactly bill hader has a, a funny line where he's telling him he's being very closed off and whatever and it's like that's it so so the movie takes care of itself in in that exactly scenario.
0: yeah so there's it, i would say it's a relatively inoffensive film. i agree a- unless you have something against um old men fighting their grown-up son <laughs> with and throwing, <laughs> throw, throwing ninja stars at them and breaking property like maybe it's disrespectful to property
1: yeah <laughs> i guess i guess maybe if you're a person that grew up with like an abusive stepfather you would maybe it would like it wouldn't yeah it would hit a, a, close to home but i think it's so funny that it, and ridiculous because it's not an abusive relationship it's just a ridiculous mm. relationship yeah so i think i think even that <laughs> argument i don't think it's it's, it's offensive
0: you're right because it's like you know kevin is his i guess biological son and he's very sad that his father's gonna die and hot rod's upset because he wants to fight him <laughs> he wants beat to him. beat him up <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so dumb uh, it's so but dumb. yeah i mean property owners might uh yeah, might homeowners like might it. be offended by the uh the way that they just without any you know regard they just like plow through fences and yeah they
1: break don't they break through the wall at some point yeah (laughs) yeah
0: Yeah. uh great it's a great way to end the movie
1: yeah (laughs) it's the best way to end it's so (laughs) such a good ending
0: with the uh the little wisp of a mustache that he's been trying to grow for the last however many months
1: good for him
0: yeah not like uh nothing like that mustache that you've been growing Thank Mario, you. I have to thank say, you, sir. thank you, sir. Probably a good time here to talk about our friends over at Manscaped. I have to say that our support for Comedy Rewind is brought to you by Manscaped, who are known for giving the very best in men's self-care, hygiene, and below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped's products are available in Australia, New Zealand, America. Use the eight-bit offer code, get yourself twenty percent off and free shipping. You can uh, get the lawnmower 3.0. It's got the cutting edge ceramic blade, reducing grooming accidents, best electric trimmer on the market. You've also got the USB power and charging stand an LED torchlight, waterproof technology for easy grooming in the shower, battery life that lasts up to 90 minutes. I don't know what more you could want, Mario. It's just it's 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 perfect. It's, it's perfect. Yeah, it's it's a perfect package. I it Comes agree. also with a nice variety of uh, deodorants and moisturizers to make you feel all fancy. And that's what I want.
1: You gotta do it every now and then. You know, you gotta you gotta you gotta treat yourself.
0: You do. If you want to feel your best, you gotta look your best. And for a lot of fellas, that means you gotta tidy things up, whether it's chest hair, whether it's back hair, maybe you got those hobbit feet. I don't know. I mean, you're an Italian fellow. I'm guessing, you ha- do you have a bit of a rug underneath that top of yours that I'm looking at? Uh, it, it,
1: it definitely can. It definitely can. We'll leave it at that. Yeah.
0: Well, it, it can, but it doesn't because of, of products like Manscaped. Exactly. And, you know, they're here for all of that, everything in between. Use the offer code 8BIT, A-T-E-B-I-T for 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Wonderful. Okay. Next question. As we get closer to closing up, does Hot Rod pass the internet relevancy test? Are you still seeing it used in memes, in GIFs, in GIFs, in reactions? I think you are. I, I think you see I agree. the dancing in the parking lot scene. I see Danny McBride doing the high fives, like the multiple high fives to the guys. You see that like, And that's how it's done. <laughs> it's great
1: just random scene
0: for no reason
1: <laughs> no reason whatsoever um it you make see any sense. one of the gifs of like Andy Samberg looking up and the clearly awful eagle puppet flying mm. in i've seen that gif a lot around I, I i think you you see enough references to it in general that it, i think it does pass that that test
0: yeah sure and i think coming in in that internet kind of era as things were starting to kick off a bit more with social media, might've helped that, especially back when it was happening. Uh, and yeah. that's one of the things learning the Island and the digital, SNL digital shorts in general have been about is capitalizing on the, the way that videos can spread online mm-hmm. because, you know, they introduced, I guess, uh, viral videos to, a. a you know, America's favorite long, long, longest running like live comedy performance. And, you know, it, it's a very theatrical thing about SNL is it's in front of a live audience, but these digital shorts weren't. Like they were cutaways, they were... I mean, they had done this before, but they introduced a musical element to it in something that could be shared online that people would yeah. want their friends to see that um, I really think that, you know... They're basically meme machines, these guys.
1: <laughs> they really are. They're really good. They're, yeah. they, I mean, they know what they're doing. They're really smart at doing what they do. And they then they know how to capitalize on on things that are going to catch on.
0: Yeah, for sure. How would modern smartphones and social media change Hot Rod? And it's funny because it was set... Like we said, it's set so much in like a, a small town where people maybe... this technology exists but they don't have them in that town right (laughs) yeah that's
1: kind of the vibe you get um yeah i think like i think the 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 core like concept of the movie can stay the same and you just modernize it a bit like obviously like with the fundraiser and things like that like it wouldn't be a a physical fundraiser you know like he wouldn't set up a movie at the local cinema it would be uh it would be social media um, all the recordings yeah. would be on the phone he would do crazy stunts so that he would go viral on social on social media that would be sort of the that would probably be the main plot it's not it's not let's do these things so we can raise money so we can do a crazy jump it would be mm-hmm. like let's let's keep doing things so we can go viral and then when we go viral we'll get sponsored and somebody will help us out like that would be the modern way that you would make that movie
0: yeah for sure there's a lot of um, things that add to this vibe that we've been talking about. And one of them is like, they're handing out the posters. They're putting posters up all around town. Right. I I don't know that the last, have you ever put a poster up somewhere? No,
1: I absolutely have not. I've seen (laughs) it in a lot of movies and it's like, ah, that's cool.
0: Yeah. I mean, when, when my band was a thing in like 2005, we used to put up posters saying like, you know, we're opening for whoever, but it's, it's very much a, a pre social media thing. And, you know, now it would just be Facebook event, invite everyone, you know, see who's going to show up and, and, uh, get everyone along. There's, as you say, like social media advertising would be the big thing. The cameras would be a lot better. They'd be filming on their phones. Yeah. They'd be filming on the iPhone. Um, there's no texting in this movie that I noticed. I don't think Uh, so. Not that, you know, it's very much like an in-person kind of thing. Like, almost like they all live, like, on the same street. They can just, like, rock up at each other's house, which yeah. gives it that small-town feel. And the only other thing I wanted to mention was uh, he calls... I can't remember her... What's Isla Fish's character's name? Denise. Denise. He calls Denise and leaves a message with uh, Will Arnett's character. Yeah. A very important message. He leaves it with him, and he doesn't write it down. Right. Like, there's no That's text. Not there's no instant message. You wouldn't call a home phone and leave a message with a housemate or a boyfriend or whatever these days. That's almost like a Seinfeld thing to do. Like it's a nineties thing to yeah, do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I guess it's uh, to some extent a two thousands thing as well. But, I guess we um, can say that as the yeah. thing
1: that has aged the worst. Cause that's just a thing that wouldn't happen
0: in, in this day and age. Yeah. That's a good point. Let's go back in time and change our answer to that.
1: There you go. We changed it. We retroactively <laughs> yeah. changed it.
0: We did. Uh, Mario, could you make Hot Rod today? And what would that version look like?
1: I think you can. Um, I think some of it would be different, but going to like what we were saying at the top of the show, we were talking about Popstar, um, never stop, mm. never stopping. Stopping, And, you know, this is still the Lonely Island and it's still Andy Samberg and Yorma, like as the as the two main leads. And they have a sort of similar dynamic. And I, and I think the way that that movie is structured would be the way that a modern hot rod it is like it would probably be like a mockumentary mm. um and it would be really focused around youtube and, and trying to go viral and in this in this kid doing dumb things online to to go viral and probably some of the bits wouldn't be there like i, I don't think you'd have the cool beans bit in there but i think things like the riot scene you could modernize like you could make a a just because i think the the repetitive humor you don't see as much nowadays but i think you do still see the randomness humor like Mm. the humor of just things that come out of left field so i think you can keep a lot of the things in this movie with the with the vice of youtube being the the goal and, and and going viral being the goal and I think, I think a mockumentary would probably fit the format really, really well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that would work. Uh, Andy Sandberg doesn't really age. No. <laughs> or hasn't really aged. Not since at all. Maybe he, uh, I guess the shaggy hair is like, that's a, the only thing. Yeah. That, that's another thing we could say that is very two thousands. Like that's, you wouldn't really have that hairdo anymore, no, but no. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I mentioned before, I think it would work maybe as a Netflix series. Uh, I, I, Yeah, I was actually as you were speaking, thinking of the um, the Eurovision movie that Will Ferrell did, and Mm. it's not so random as this, but it's a similar type of story of you know this person who you know it's it's a it's a formula I guess where this person wants to achieve this dream that his parents think is ridiculous, and he you know goes on this journey, and there's a girl, and he get you know it's it's the kind of thing where you know the bones of this movie are still there as a, a kind of a timeless story. It's more yeah. about like these little vignettes of, of random humor that, you know, if you have the Lonely Island team sitting down to write this movie now, it's going to be different than it was back then. Cause they're different. They've probably right. honed their craft a lot more. And I, yeah, I think that they could do it. Uh, and I think that it would work, but I agree. that doesn't mean that I want a hot rod too. I don't know if that would be the best thing.
1: No, I think do. I think yeah. they're best to just keep doing their weird ass movies. Like they have that one movie. There's that one Lonely Island movie that's produced by them. And I think I don't know if you're most director, but I know that they're all involved. That's the it's the tennis movie with um the guy who plays Jon Snow. Forget oh, his name. Kid Harrington. One. Yeah, they have a movie where it's Andy Sandberg in like a ridiculous wig and a and a mustache and he plays kit harrington and i guess the whole crux of it is that it's the longest tennis match ever and it's lasting like 3 days and it's supposed to be great and they have a lot of a lot of movies like that that are really silly concepts and they just blow it up so you know the, the lonely island can do no wrong
0: hmm. useless trivia before we get into the spark plug award just a little quick hitter here rod tumbles down the hill For forty-seven seconds. Great. Would you have guessed that length? It feels like it feels like three minutes.
1: It feels longer, but (laughs) it's a good amount. It's a really good amount.
0: Yeah, it's just long enough, I guess. Shout out to the sound
1: effects in that scene. They're really yeah, they're they're fantastic.
0: Yeah, and I mentioned the stunt man that broke his. He actually broke his leg in that opening. Scene where oh, he God. attempts to jump over the bus, so oh. putting his body on the line—the real stunt man. Yeah, you know, it's a movie about stunt men, and that guy deserves some recognition. So, I'm sorry I don't know your name, but shout out to you, stunt man. Shout out to him. I hope your leg feels better. It's been <laughs> <laughs> I years. hope you can walk now. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Uh, it's time for the Steve Buscemi spark plug award. Steve Buscemi. A real spark plug. This is essentially for the the Dion Waiters of the movie, the J.R. Smith, you know, yeah. the, the guy that's coming in hot or gal yeah. coming in hot. And the uh, the nominations for this episode, I thought would be Will Arnett. He's not in the movie too much. He's probably used just enough to be a nominee here. Chester Tam, who I mentioned as the, the Richardson, I think his name was that dances mm-hmm. and throws the flyers, you know. Doesn't do a lot, but whenever he's there, he's, he's pretty funny. He is pretty funny. Uh, and I think my selection for this movie, I think he deserves it, is Chris Parnell, who plays Barry Pasternak, the AM radio DJ. He, he is so committed to this role, and he's such a funny guy. Like, I don't know whether you remember him, like he was in Anchorman, and he, he had yeah. uh, a, a reoccurring role on 30 Rock as Dr. Spaceman, uh, and he's just so good at playing these weird characters.
1: Yeah, he's really good. I, you know, i I was gonna say Will Arnett, but you're right that he is. He, like that last act with him in it is so good, and he commits to that bit so much.
0: Yeah, he makes the last like fifteen or ten minutes like so much better if than compared to if he wasn't in the. I think, yeah, like. And the he way really he's like does. explaining, like how it's like, <laughs> it's gonna save the radio station, and they've used all their money, and here's my tattoo of like, <laughs> it looks like uh, Calvin and Hobbes character, yeah. like p- peeing on both Great. the the radio and the TV, and his explanation as to how that's physically possible. Like, it's just like, he, he, there's there's no hint of of like, you know, breaking, breaking character or. or or, or that it's even meant to be funny. He just plays it pretty straight.
1: He's playing it straight. And that's what's so funny. I, I go back to like one of the funniest lines in the entire movie is when he goes, you really do need to see it to believe it. It's so good. It's phenomenal.
0: (laughs) Oh man, So good. Okay. Well, the last question, uh, is it still a good movie? Um, my answer is sure. It's not like a, a hard, like heck yes. Uh, it's uh it's it's a movie that if you're into goofy stuff if you're into that kind of as we keep saying random humor I think you're still gonna enjoy it today yeah. if you're watching it for the first time uh, but if you prefer your movies a bit more you know straight up and down if you're more of a like big Lebowski fan or if you're mm. a bit more of a I don't know like clerks or something that's just like simply based off the this actual story and the actual right. meaning meaning of the dialogue and the character interactions like that this probably isn't for you but i think that mm. if if you know if you like something like Wayne's World if you like anything like that that has like cutaway jokes and and like sorry throwaway lines and and that kind of thing i think that Hot Rod is is probably a bit of an underrated gem for for that kind of thing yeah
1: i i'll I'm going to relate it again to White Hot American Summer. I don't know if you're doing a comedy rewind on it, because I think that movie is what 2001. You did it come out. I think yeah. it's 2001, if I remember correctly. Mm. And you might
0: have to, because I, I love the the Netflix series that they did, and it made me like go back and watch it. That's and, such a good and, movie. And, and, and that has, like, it might be up there with Can't Hardly Wait as having, like, one of the best casts of future stars of any movie of that era
1: it's 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 so stacked and at the time like it was like such an unknown cast which is great but yeah i i related to it a lot in the way that it's it's completely ridiculous humor almost the entire way through but they commit to what it is and they Mm. and and it's a cult classic to that way and i think i think younger generations still appreciate that kind of humor. So I think I think it holds up really well and I still think that I mean, is it is it like is it a is it a great movie by like the definition? <laughs> Probably not, but neither is "What Hot American Summer, but they're just they're dumb, fun, silly humor. And they're they they're great at what they set out to do. I think that's mm. that's the, the true answer that yeah. they're really good at what they're trying to do.
0: Yeah, this is definitely one of those things where it's like a movie, not a film.
1: Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. You cannot call this movie a film.
0: Yeah, it's it's like a ninety-minute or eighty-minute like internet like YouTube video. Yeah, basically. it's
1: it's a silly, it's a, it's a dumb YouTube video that they made into a movie.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Well, that is it. We we did have a, a you know I asked for some some listener questions over on, on the 8-Bit Twitter, and the one that came back was uh, what is wrong with whiskey <laughs> <laughs> from uh, Benny 8-Bit. So, Mario, That's... what's wrong with whiskey?
1: <laughs> I don't know what could be wrong with it.
0: <laughs> okay. It's Thank you very much, 8-Bit Nation, for your contributions to the podcast with that, that one. <laughs> uh we did have uh, you know in the spirit of uh, me about to me being about to ask you to to drop us with those five star ratings and reviews in Apple Podcasts Podchaser and wherever you get your podcasts. I have a little review here Ooh. that I'm going to read out and it's the I guess you could say it's the the review of the week. I love so that. So this review was quite a while ago so sorry if you've been waiting for a shout out but it comes from Bren Stacy. It's a five star review. He says barrel of laughs Seriously, JP and his rotating guest hosts have got me feeling like a kid again. While confirming, the '90s may just be the best decade of all time when it comes to comedy. Thank you so much. I think the 2000s is giving it a run for its money. Looking at my list of upcoming movies, it's very hard to argue that this, this 2000s era isn't uh, isn't notes. right up there. Like, I can't wait to get through <clears throat> some of, of these ones. It's it's almost like, a, what do I do next? You know? I know. And. You know, hot rod probably wouldn't have been like in my top tier. It's uh, the reason that I am doing it now is because I I just wanted to have you on Mario, and that was one of the ones that you (laughs) that you uh, mentioned. So we're gonna have you back before too long with another guest, a friend of ours that's very excited to to get on the show. We'll leave that as a surprise for now. That's what you call a tease. Yeah, that's a tease there. There And uh, until then, people can. Hit us with their questions, comments, corrections maybe. Uh, tell us what you think of Hot Rod. How does it hold up in 2021? And where can people let you know if they want to share some thoughts with you, Mario?
1: You can find me at MarioNapBros on Twitter. That's the social media I use the most, but pretty much everywhere I'm at MarioNapBros. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, check me out, youtube.com. Yeah,
0: I mean, we we kind of went straight into this episode without introducing you to, to 8-Bit, but uh, you are, of course, the host of the topical podcast called.
1: One big topic. There you go. You, you exactly you got one of the words. <laughs> I was gonna let you say it. I appreciate it. One big topic, topic. bros. Yeah you've been exactly you've been a guest on Which it. I've been on. Yeah, you've been on it twice. i I forgot <laughs> that after we did the last dance we did the uh the, the bubble playoffs prediction remember
0: oh did we yeah <laughs> See, i forget that yeah we did I, knew, I knew it wasn't i knew it wasn't like that long since i had talked to you so yeah. yeah that makes sense we did the yeah.
1: bubble playoffs and that one was like a two-hour podcast of us just talking about how how the lakers were going to win the championship and you got that right mm.
0: Nailed it. I think Nailed I probably it. said the Clippers were going to win, but uh, yeah, we won't we'll forget about that. that. We'll forget about the Clippers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so definitely check Mario out on socials and you know get, get a feel for what he's all about because he's, he's got some good content getting Thank put you. out there all the time. Uh, and he's 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 a, a good friend of mine and a friend of 8 bit now that he's part of the podcast. But uh, you can catch me on the social medias at Johnny himself, dear listeners. Thank you for joining us once again on Comedy Rewind. Be kind.